Let's get started. How about a round of introductions? My name is Dicax. I am your host. This is Elder Song, Clan Captain. And co-host. Yes. I'm more like the executive producer. This is the Event 44, I'm moderator. This is Fracture. Um, I'm the resident jackass. <clears throat> Welcome, Fracture. I always miss these, but I tend to be on Mumble a lot in the evenings. So, what have you guys been playing lately? Lately? Any decks stand out? I've been playing a lot of swords. I've been ch- trying to make um of Ascension my own build work, but it's just not working. So, and I've also been playing a lot of Hunting Park Singleton. Played a little bit of Momir when I can find somebody to play against. How does Momir work? It's a format where you have you get a special avatar and then you you make a deck that's consistent of nothing but lands, or like you use use all the color lands you, that you can use. And then you, um, you, every turn you get to discard a land card from your hand, and you get to you get to pay X to put a creature into play, a random creature. So say it's turn five, you tap five mana, you get a randomly generated five cost creature that have that has the same amount of cost as what you pay into it. So it's an extremely random game of creatures, creature wars. Wow, I've never played. Pretty fun actually. Have you other? Go ahead. No, I was saying it's kind of fun actually. Have you played this, Eldritch? Momir? Momir. Yes, I had played it. I don't play it that often. Actually, I think at one point we had a, actually had a few Momir tournaments. Costa ran those quite a while ago. Used to have a lot of Momir tournaments, actually. Uh, so we played that quite a bit, but haven't had a chance to play it for a long time. And really, the last time I played it, I got a... I, got, I think I had six man out. Like, like Insta died with a Fage the Untouchable. So that was kind of a reason for me to stop playing it. It sounds kind of random. It is, but that's kind of the point. There's actually a lot of interesting like synergy involved in it because like, like sometimes you want to like, like in case in the rare chance that you get a haste creature, it's better to attack before you attack. Like, I mean, to play your creature before you attack. But then there's also creatures that like have that do weird effects, like say, um, some blessed angel where where it's that's a better card to play. Before you attack, and there's other, there's other cards that are better to play after you attack, like ones that bounce all your creatures back to your hands. Which if that happens, you're just screwed. And there's all you know. And you also like you have to have a land card in your hand to be able to play a spell. So sometimes you don't you want to you want to skip certain turns that that you know you're not gonna get a good creature because there's you know certain creature bases that you don't want to play. Like normally you don't want to play an eight drop because there's only one or two eight drops and they mostly suck. And then there's that one. And there's one that has the ability to bounce everything you have back in your hand, which so it basically screws you over if you if you play it. And does it randomly select cards from all the sets in Magic? Yes. Wow. Like I said, there's 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 only a certain number of creatures for certain mana costs, so your chances of getting certain ones at certain costs are actually a lot higher than other ones. So it, it helps if you do a lot of research into like what creatures cost what. What have you been playing, Eldritch? Um, I haven't been playing anything, actually. Well, yeah, I agree, it is bad, but it can't be helped. I've actually just been playing a lot of um, various formats. Standard, Tribal, Classic, Legacy, every once in a while. So, Commander games, just trying to get the fullest use out of my current card pool. 
almost all of them have been casual. I haven't really done too many serious games. I've been trying to build a Grand Architect deck with Finzer. There's so many people making those right now. I just don't even want to... It's like one of those things I just don't want to mess with because there's so many people doing it right now. I've got a fairly decent Grand Architect deck, but it's a it's a block deck, um, and it's solid blue, specifically because I don't actually have any of the Planeswalker, so I just figured I'd make it solid blue, and it does pretty good. I only want Vencer for his unblockable ability. And Blink, I guess. You know. But anyway, it's so-so. I was trying to make some hybrid where I used Thrumming Bird and Ink Moth and Everflowing Chalice and Tumble Magnets and, you know, Grand Architect and Vincer and blah, blah, blah. That's actually the one that EZ runs. It's um, it's good, but he hasn't been able to find the right balance with it. Uh, the version that I've been running revolves around either getting out Steel Helikite and crushing my opponent with that or getting out the combo of uh, Spine of Isha and um, Piston Sedge to keep equipping creatures over and over again, sacrificing the spine, bringing it back into play, and getting rid of whatever I need to get rid of. Oh, that's a pretty expensive combo. Not when you're using the architects to tap blue creatures to get them out. Well, I guess that's a good point. You know, I just, I just, my experience is it's hard to get a grand architect to stick on the board for any longer than even a turn. Yeah, that's why you kind of have to fill your deck up with cards that nobody wants to see anyway. Um, one of the cards I kind of lead out with is, uh, uh, I always forget the name of it, it's the Phyrexian Artifact Creature that's two casting cost, uh, 2-1 when it comes into play, you name a card, and activated abilities so that card can't be played. People only need to like to see him on the board and they shoot him first. Phyrexian Revoker? Yeah. And I can actually cast the Architect and then tap the Architect to cast the Revoker, and then it's like, which one of these two do you want to get rid of? See, the thing is about Grand Architect, though, is that you can't. I don't think. In, I don't think most formats have room for a deck that needs to have a certain card to be to be good. Like, I guess the closest comparison I could think of would be like Fauna Shaman, where if you get that card active, it's awesome. But your deck still works even if you never draw a Fauna Shaman. Whereas a Grand Architect deck tends not to be very good unless you draw your Grand Architect. Yeah, if you are relying on just casting the giant artifacts with him, uh, then you will you will whiff with him. Uh, but the deck I've been playing with him in uh, uses him as both for his functionality of getting artifacts out of you early and also pumping up your blue creatures by just having him in play. Uh, that way, if he gets shot, I still have the other blue creatures in play to, to uh, get me through the game. Is that what Coral Ham Helm Commander is for? Like a distractor? Like the, that, that like a lightning rod for their aggro? Pretty much. Uh, you want to have creep cards in there that are good that if they don't kill them, then they will die if they don't do it, but that also have such hate built into them that they will try and kill them first. That way you can get out your other stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are some good cards for that? Because I was trying to keep it mono-blue, but then just have Glacial Fortress and Sea Crime Coast so I could get Fencer out. And Treasure Mage, of course. And that's well, also one of the reasons why I like like the deck I think I'm, I want to play next is the the deck that I saw maybe a few weeks back that combines like the Grand Architect deck with the uh, the Forge Master deck. So it's blue black, but it has like the Koldotha Forge Master to try to get out the big artifacts and also the Grand Architect kind of thing in there to pump out things. So I think that looks like an interesting deck. I think I want to try that next. Well, let me know how it goes. Because Forge Master is another one of those cards that just gets like. 
insta-kill the moment you put him down, but if you actually do end up untapping with him, you pretty much win. Also, in my version of the Architect deck, uh, I'm running <clears throat> both of the uh, swords. Uh, granted, they don't see play as often because they are just artifacts, so I have to draw them because I'm not running anything else to go get them. But as soon as you put them on a creature, all hate goes to that creature. And the best part about that is that even though they got rid of the creature, you still have the artifacts, so you can just stick on another creature. That makes sense. In standard right now, though, uh, a lot of pretty good decks that are coming up now are revolving, at least in the I'm seeing anyway, are revolving around some way of abusing Stoneforge Mystic with all of the equipments that are in the game at the moment. I actually think, like, the swords are kind of overhyped at the moment. Not just the swords, though. Uh, if you get a Mystic in the, into your hand late game, you can use it to go get a Bone Horde, and then you just drop this giant creature. I mean, even so, like, the equipment are good, but, I don't know, I just, I feel like that people are just trying to, I guess it's like a, it's like, I think it's bad right now. People are just trying to find ways to abuse the Stoneforge. And I guess in some ways it's working, but I think it's being overused, personally. Well, it's good because there's actually equipments that are worth the t- not worth putting in your deck for. When you have equipments as good as um, the swords, you want to get them. You want to get them every single game. You want to be able to have them all the time. Yeah, the ability to just basically shrug off um, creatures your opponents is using uh, by blinking off the colors and then getting some of the advantages that those swords have on them is pretty big. It's like the same principle with Palmer Shaman. That's why Palmer Shaman is good, is because there's actually creatures that are worth the time and effort of. Tapping a creature, discarding a creature to get another creature. Well, Farmer's Summon's also good just because of Vintage Line. Yeah, well, um, Stoneforge is good because of the swords. Yeah, well, you don't see people playing, like, Farmer's Summon's in every single deck that has green. Personally, I would. Um, also, White right now has the, kind of the triple threat of, um, Stoneforge Mystics with all the artifacts, and then, uh, the, I forget what they're called, that squad, uh, squadron ox, because then you always have access to a creature to stick one of your weapons on. Yeah, those decks are annoying because every single creature they draw is a threat. You know, even the one-one fire, you know, will, will, in their in their days if it has a couple of swords on it. Or whereas by another decks, if you draw like a one-one for two, it's just a one-one for two. It doesn't do anything. I'd really like to make a Seraphim Clan shirt for Friday Night Magic. I bet we'd get some new people, too. Iceman Juan made a shirt. He said he was going to send me one. Really? I want to make one. I just need the font. Well, it's called Angelic War. You can look it up on the internets. <laughs> the internets. Interwebs. It's called what? An- Angelic Angelic War. Very Seraphim-esque. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because Seraph is about angels. Get it? Angels. Tee-hee. <laughs> nice tee-hee. Dude. What should it say? How about just Seraphim, a magic online clan? Yeah, when I was thinking of a slogan, that was about all I could get. <laughs> Seraphim, colon, a magic online clan. Seraphim, catch it. Seraphim, we're more than angels roam the skies. Okay, now that was bad. <laughs> oh, come on. That, 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 it wasn't that bad. For off the cuff, man. I figure, you know, Seraphim is a very ambiguous here. title. Like, you hear that and you're like, well, what is that? So at least if you include a Magic Online clan with it, then you know, okay, well, you know what it is. It's not a mystery anymore. Seraphim, we rule here. Just steal Magic the Gathers official thing.
Hmm. Have you ever see those commercials? You see them sometimes in comic books. They'll be like, imagine they got and we rule here. Yeah, I've seen those. I actually am happy that at least they're trying to advertise magic. Even if the advertisements are often very cheesy. Hey, uh, I, I have two magic shirts. I have a magic pen, does that count? I'm just kind of sad that they have, like, all this beautiful, like, artwork for all these cards, and they rarely ever feature that kind of stuff on t-shirts. Yeah, that does suck. Did you guys ever see the Jace hoodie that another third-party company put out? Ooh, that sounds pretty cool. It was. They basically did a, a good job of trying to make it look sort of like the road that he had, you know, from the waist up anyway. Oh, that's pretty cool. I wouldn't buy it, but that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, buy that buy and go it. on the streets. I buy it, I think you're like a circle or something. I'd buy it. I have the uh, mm, mm, the white mana symbol and the mirror symbol T-shirt from Swag Dog. Do you have the T-shirt that says "I'll tap that"? Mm-mm. No. They should have a shirt like that. Stone for so the tap symbol. Okay. Hey, we're, you know, we're, we're talking about the thing we're not supposed to be talking about. Then But wait, there was another um there was another good part though. There was the MTG cast and then there was something else we were talking about that was pretty everybody was engaged around it. So but I forget what it is now. Anyway. What about all those discussions about what we were playing? Did that make it into the podcast? That was a lot of discussion. Hell, I don't know. Shit. I don't know. I was eating chocolate cake. Mmm, cake. So, why don't we discuss recent events? And uh, we have Avenged here with us. Won the standard tournament last night. So that should facilitate, facilitate discussion of that. And some upcoming events. What's going on in Magic the Gathering? little bit about what's going on in Magic the Gathering online, and then do Crackback. Does that sound good? Oh, and answer Joey's question. Yes. Somewhere in there. I get that glass. We should, we could do that under the NTGO section where we talk about prices. Oh, that's good. Great. We'll slot that in there. So, the standard tournament last night, Friday, March 18th. Avenged, do you want, you want to talk about your deck? Yeah, I was there, I remember. Yeah, I was basically just, um, it's basically, it's, it's a black-white version of Call Blade I had been working on for a while, just wanted to try something different, and it's really, it was really more of a... Um, cheaper alternative is being somebody who doesn't own Jaces and uh, Gideons and Planeswalkers. So I wanted to build a deck, and it, it's, it, it forsakes all the counter spells by putting in hand destruction and, um, and good removal, not just that deal free damage people stuff. Stuff that actually gets rid of big threats. And, um,. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like, like, the post, like the post I have on it says, it's really just a deck that has a lot of um, come-to-play creatures, creatures that get their value, but, you know, as soon as they hit the board, so even if they get destroyed, it's no big deal. 
And um, and basically just a lot of equipment, a lot of situational equipments. You know, Cyborg has a lot, a lot of situational equipment and stuff. So yeah. So I guess looking at your list, my my question would be: Did you have any problems with your mana base? Because it seems like you have some pretty intense, like double constant creatures, like your Mirror Crusaders, your Nighthawk, and um, you know quite a few other creatures, like the Relic Warders, and then even your like sideboard, uh, let's see, Hex Mage and Blood Gas seem like they're all pretty high cost. Do you have any problems with your mana? No, not for the most part. Um... The four marsh the four marsh flats are very helpful in that situation because you get a hand with like you get a hand with like a like a marsh flat of plains and like a swamp or something and then you get like a hand with, and then and then you have like a nighthawk for example well you know that you're gonna play your plains turn one you're gonna play your swamp turn two and then you're gonna play your marsh flats turn three and then get whatever you need you know so you know. It it works out for the most part. Like I always try to plan ahead of what I'm what man I'm gonna play on what turn so I so I know what I'm capable of casting on the right turn. So after playing it, do you did you feel like there you should do any changes to your to your deck? Like anything you noticed you had a, a kind of lack in, perhaps? Certain cards I think um don't really work all that well. Like I, I like I was definitely sideboarding I definitely sideboarding at least one more blood guys in the sideboard because that comes in handy against like more controllers decks that have like a that that stall the game out for a long time and you know, especially against Sword of Mind and Body and it makes a top deck land actually useful. And um I'd probably outside of that, I don't know, but I'd probably just run more numbers of cards. And really the reason why I run so many twos of is really just because that's what I have available to me. Like I'd probably run two more Mirror Crusaders, or at least one more. I'd probably run more. Um, I'd probably run like another Bane Slayer, probably. I mean, it depends. I guess if I had to make any suggestions, I would say you might want to run like the full four copies of Inquisition of Kozilek. Yeah, that was another card I didn't own four copies of, which I know is it's uncommon if you don't get that get that any time, but just never got around to it. And trying to. Like sideboarding is really hard for me in that deck because, like, not 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 putting stuff in, but taking stuff out is really hard. Cause I never know exactly what to take out in the situation. Half the time I just end up taking out the cards that I feel are not powerful in the, in the matchups. Like, um, like a lot of times I end up taking out. I can't even think what the card is called right now. Yeah, the guy that draws you a card. He's not really that great in the deck. I mean, he's good on top deck. He top decks you a creature, which you can put equipment on and then draw another card. Hopefully drawn to another creature, but um, for the most part, he's just not that great. So I usually try to um, sideboard him out for something that's more useful, like say a hex mage against like Joey's deck, which was like planeswalker heavy. You see, mean Phyrexian Rager. Yeah, like I've seen that card in a lot of black decks actually. I, I, I guess I don't. Know, I like him for the card advantage, but I can see how in certain matchups he'd be more of a hindrance than a bonus. Hey, don't get me wrong. He's good. He's good because, like I said, you know. You, you draw them and he he gives you a card and then you can just throw a couple of equipment. That, that's the beauty of the deck is that any creature can be deadly because you can just throw like, like sword of mind body and then like a sword lance or whatever it's called, sword of piece of on something and, and they're pretty dangerous no matter what the creature was to begin with. And I think yeah, the thing that really helped me in a lot of matchups was um sword of visions because just because the haste ability, you, you know, later in the game any creature you draw, you know, come out hitting hard. Which one? Sort of what? 
sort of sort of vengeance. Oh, I thought he said vision. That's actually one of the cards that I was looking at your list and I wasn't too sure of because you don't really see that equipment show up too often. A lot of people actually run that. I mean, I've seen a lot of people run it because it's really a, it's a third sword. That's what it is, and it's usually like when I like when I play when I play, when I play Stoneforge, I play Stoneforge number one gets me sword number one. Depending like if I say like playing this aggro deck, I usually get sword of mind and body for the for the tokens, you know, to help me keep keep alive. And then or I get like life staff, which is really great against the aggro decks. And then um, Stoneforge Mystic number two usually gets me like Sword and Piece of Phantom or you know a Mortar Pod or whatever. And then Sword, you know Stoneforge number three gets me like Sword of Vengeance usually because you know it's just a good target. You know late in the game, it's not good early in the game, but once you're later in the game state and you're just basically relying on top decks, it makes any creature top deck you know come out fast enough so it doesn't get killed by like, a Doom Blade on next turn. I mean, it's a pretty random list, but, I mean, it, it, apparently it worked. Apparently. Uh, you mentioned some of them you didn't play a full set because you didn't have a full set, but, like, um, so you have two Leonin Relic Warders. Was that intentional, or would you run four, or take them out, or...? That was intentional. I mean, it's not really... It's a, it's a good card in, like, certain situations, but most of the time it just kind of like take something away from one turn and then they kill it at the end of your turn and get their, their thing back. And there's so many artifacts and enchantments out there right now that have come to play like abilities. Like like most of the most of the games I found the only targets I wanted to hit with it were like tumble magnets and uh, concession camp clamps or whatever they're called. So those are not good targets obviously because they're coming to play abilities. So but he did I mean he came in handy in a couple of games. Like against Pasta I was able to get off get rid of his Beastmaster Ascension and get rid of all the counters on it, so that was very helpful in that game. But yeah, I mean, he, he just kind of sometimes he's just a two-two for two. Yeah, most of the times I've seen him played in the deck, it's usually typically like in a white weenie deck that has like Honor of the Pure also to back him up. And yeah, if you put enough equipments on him and make him beefy enough, you know, he's better because it's harder for him to kill him. But at the same time, you're also putting all your eggs in one basket and basically telling your opponent four four one me, you know, just get rid, destroy my one creature and get rid of all this stuff to have. Yeah, I was I was just curious about two things: why why two, and then also your experience playing him. Just curious. I mean, I like the card. I've been trying to test it out, but you know, but in a lot of in a lot of circumstances, he just he doesn't really work out too well. But there are times, but he does work well in other circumstances. Mm-hmm. It just depends. Like, if he, he's really good if you don't want if you don't need the the artifact or enchantment to go away forever. If you just need it to go away for one turn, he's good. Like, say your opponent's got a, a Warnco engine, you need to get that Warnco engine to win the game. He just gets rid of it for that one turn. That's all you need because you can kill your opponent. Mm-hmm. You know, he's good in those situations where you don't need a permanent fix because he's not he's not a permanent solution to to, to, the, to the problem. Well, I really admire your duck building. Yeah, I think uh, then you you've gotten pretty good in the last uh, since I've been going. I mean, you know, you build you build a lot of pretty decent decks these days, especially the boros, all the boros build and stuff. I thank you. I'm trying. It's it's always fun. It's always fun to um to play test against. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not not <laughs> Hey, you gotta learn somehow, right? Yeah, you learn more from losing than you do winning. But we still like to win, don't we? Yeah, it's nice.
And then, like, you have one blood ghast in the sideboard. Why is that? I realized, like, I couldn't fit, I couldn't really fit a lot of room in the sideboard. I was already, like, having to make a lot of cuts I didn't want to make. And, um, see. and I felt, you know, Bloodcast is one of those cards that, you know, he comes back every single time you draw a land, so he's not, you know, he's, he's not a bad one of, he's actually a better one of than most things you could have a one of. And, I mean, I'd probably add another one, because, like, in my last, my last, my very last game against Joey, he was extremely helpful. Because I kept top decking, and and, uh, and every time I drew a land, he was, it was a creature. He he had to keep killing it, but I'd keep drawing it, and um, that was the thing that kind of that's the thing that kind of won me that game was just a two one every turn, and hitting him. Because let me tell you something, Pasta watched that game. That was a ridiculous game. I mean, this guy had like five different ways to peripherate, and he had a Gideon with like I think 25 counters on it. You know, it's just a game was not going anywhere until a top deck hex mage. Another card I'd probably run more copies of is Hexen Age because he just re- she really helps in the um, against the Planeswalker heavy decks. That's a format I don't have a whole lot of experience in, and I never really get to make it to those tournaments. Just get the Apprentice Bounce deck, you'll be fine. I have my Blink deck that I enjoy playing, and the Model Red deck that everybody says is evil, but it's not really good. Yeah, just to clarify, Classic Popper means that, well, Popper means all the cards have to be commons. And classic obviously includes all of the sets, and there aren't really any. Ban- I think there's maybe like one band card or so, but for the most part, you can choose any kind of card you want to sling to the common, and uh, that's how you build your deck. And there's a lot of good resources on our website, like on the forums in the popper section for decks you can play. And plus, there's some other things on the internet, so it should be a good format for everybody to play this week. Just play with song plays. He always wins. I've only won once, and I haven't played that deck since. Because it just, it just seemed too unfair. It just seemed too overpowered. Was it Storm? Yeah, I played the Familiar Storm deck, and I guess, I mean, at some points I was close to losing, especially in the finals when I had to go, like, double Goblin decks back-to-back. But overall, like, almost every single matchup I played against just didn't even feel like much of a contest, to be honest. We expect you to turn your trophy back in. You know, unlike unlike formats like standard, I mean, Popper uh, is really a control control based format. It's, those are like the decks that usually do best. Or all these, you have all these really slow slow rowing control decks that just take over the game after a long, you know they have long drawn out games and they beat you. I mean, it's not like it's not like other formats where you win on turn four every consistently. Oh, it's most Wouldn't I should say that? I was going to say the thing about. You, yeah, you have your fast decks. I mean, sure, but everything, most of the decks I see that do that do really well are always like Parlor Tricks and the, the Black Blue Control decks and the, the Storm decks and the Combo decks. Because there's no rarity uh, in Popper other than Common, you're not going to run into a lot of creatures that are cheap and big, uh, and then are just you know mitigated by the fact that they're rare uh, to dwarf them. Well, I was just going to point out that. Two of the best decks right now, Popper, actually are the Goblins and Affinity, which are both very aggro. Of the two, Goblins is probably the easier one for someone to build. Yeah, I would say Goblins is easier, but I, would, I don't know. I enjoyed playing it. I, I think uh, instead of playing Storm, since I decided not to do that again, I decided to play Affinity. And actually, the, it was Affinity that won the last Popper tournament, played by Osric250. Something really interesting happened to Popper with... Um, Scars, though, because there's so much, um, so many ways now to get 
colorless mana cheaply. Uh, it's a lot of people had to start running a lot more land destruction. And moving on to league. This month's league is Clone Magic League. We are in the test week. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Yes. So people have gotten their initial pool of cards, and I already see Matthews Magus hitting people up for games. Yeah, yeah. I was, um, I was, him and Green, me, him and Greenish are the only ones that have really been showing a strong interest in so far. Um, like testing. Yeah, we could definitely use a lot more people in this league. We currently have, I think, eight signed up, and I want to get to around ten at least, and preferably a lot more than that. But uh, just to clarify a few things, uh, actually, the the pool is the same for everybody. So we're using the same exact pool that uh, Easy Pickens uses for his clone magic tournaments on Sundays. So uh, all you have to do really is just pay the entry fee, and then you just pick up those cards from the pool, and you're ready to go. Actually, there's a few things about this league that um, I wanted to kind of explain just to get people, make, you know, make it a bit easier for everybody to play with. Uh, so I've gotten a few messages really that have said that it's kind of hard to acquire all the cards or that it's a bit difficult to build decks with them or to, you know, do, do that kind of thing. Well, my suggestion would be, first of all, that you load the entire pool just as a, you know, like a text file. You don't even need to buy the cards and you build your deck that way. And then when you go to actually buy the like buy the cards, you just buy the cards for the deck you just built instead of trying to buy the entire pool at once. That'll make it a lot easier to acquire the cards piece by piece. And plus, if there are some cards in that pool you never actually use, it'll save you some money. Like, it also might be easier for people to look through the whole list and figure out which um, like two or maybe even three colors that they like the most, and then just acquire those. But you don't have to get all your cards at one time. You just you can work upon each deck at a time. You know. You, like like Song said, you just make a deck in the deck editor, and go get the cards for that deck, and then next week you build another deck and get the cards for that deck so you don't own already. Yeah, exactly. I just don't want people obligated to go out and buy the entire pool right from the very beginning because there are ways to, you know, just buy the cards you need, minimize the cost, and do it that way. Plus, it'll be easier to trade because, obviously, if you try to buy the entire pool at once, you have to break up those 360-whatever cards into, you know, 75 card, like, text files, and just take a long time to do it that way, I would imagine, so just, you know, just, you can break it up into small parts, do it that way, and just make it easier on yourself to mm -hmm. build the decks you need. Yeah, trust me, it was a bitch trying to do it the way I did it, where you just go to a bot and, like, look at the list on the website and look to see what you need and pick them up and one by one. By one. Yeah, I wish I would have did a text file. Yep, so, I mean, if anyone gets into clone magic and they need, you know, some advice on how to get the cards, how to build a deck, you know, there are definitely people to ask. Uh, send people messages, ask how they got their pools, and you know, use te you know, use wish lists, use text files, you know, plan ahead, do that kind of stuff. Because you have the you know the the rules for all four weeks are already posted, so you can look at those and already know what the deck building rules will be for the next few weeks. So you can plan ahead that way. You know, just buy the cards you need and work work with your deck that way. Just make things easier on yourself. So yeah, registration is still open, so it'll be open the entire month. And to register, all you got to do really is just send me a message in game, uh, and then. You can open up a trade with Derek and Vault, and I'll take five tickets, and you'll be good to go. And then all you need to do is just go look up the deck building rules, get the cards you need, build the deck for that week, and uh, just start looking for league matches once uh, Monday rolls around. 